0: Hello, welcome back to the next episode of North and Goal. My name is Benji. I'm the North part of North and Goal. I live up in North Pole, Alaska, and uh, my name. You can find me on Twitter at alaskuton. And I'm
1: Jake. I used to be the other North part, as I used to live in Juneau, Alaska, but now I'm I'm down in Zion, in uh, in Bountiful, Utah, and I'm known as the Mighty Alaskan Ute on Twitter. <laughs>
0: As I said, I'm the North part. I thought, well, crap, that makes you the Goal part, and we'd rather be the Goal part, right? That's where you get points.
1: That's right. Yeah, you can keep that North. I'll keep the Goal.
0: Someday when we're famous, we need to legally change our names, like last name North, last name Goal,
1: or at least middle names or something. But yeah, yeah as you as you all know, this is the low football IQ podcast where we talk <laughs> about football. We get there, we get to the point, but we cross the trail back and forth many times as we're as we're getting to our uh, our our end goal, right?
0: I think as time goes on, our, our listeners are going to go on a journey with us where we'll all look back and say, these guys really did start out with a low football IQ, but we're getting there together, right? Yeah,
1: that's right. And as we know, man, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, right? Yes, yes. A wise man, Gordon B. Hinckley, once said, life is like a uh, old-time rail journey. There's sidetracks, there's delays, there's smoke and cinder, uh, occasionally interspersed with... Um, Ah, I'm trying to go off the top of my head. Vistas. Grand vistas. vistas. Yes, Grand Vistas and bursts of Speed. The trick is to enjoy the journey, not the destination, right? Yes, yes. And so this so, podcast is a journey, and we welcome you all along on this journey with us.
0: Quite a week for both of our teams. Uh, this is one of those where it's going to be all smiles while we're recording because both teams came out victorious, which was not it possible isn't. last week. It was possible yeah. this week.
1: Let's, let's, let's start with yours. That was the more... Uh, That was the more joy-inducing game of this past weekend.
0: Tell me me how you you felt. On the whole, it was more joy-inducing. You know, when you look back like the next day, you say, man, I'm sure glad I invested the time in that because there was a payoff. As the game was unfolding, though, no, I would disagree. It was a frustrating game to watch. It was anguishy it was i mean there was mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake where it's just like we are blowing our chances we could be doing this we could be blowing these guys out of the water if if things were clicking and i'm sure the tennessee fan base would say the same thing watching their team you know not a beautiful football game a lot of mistakes both sides but man what a difference like just the slightest of margins makes i mean but for this amazing two plays amazing kick We'd be sitting here saying, man, I don't know about this team. It's going to be a rough year. Will they even make a bowl? But you know what? They came out victorious, and that changes everything.
1: So what you're saying is during the game, you felt like Lisa Wilson, but <laughs> after the game, you felt like Kalani Satake screaming at the sky. Huh? That's what you're saying?
0: How cool? I if, if We both know we already love this man. We love this man, okay? But if you didn't know anything about him, and read that he injured his foot celebrating with his team. I mean, there's another, there's another like page, chapter in the the legend of Kalani Sataki. The guy injures himself celebrating with his dudes.
1: Dude, I, I can relate because that happened to me. In 2003, I was watching when Urban Meyer's first year, we were playing at Air Force, and it was a triple overtime game. And this was like a big battle for the Mountain West Conference that year. And I was yeah. watching it with my two fat brothers. So there's three fat brothers watching this game, right? <laughs> and so I'm watching it with them, and it goes a triple overtime. And the way they win it was a Ben Moa jump pass. He faked oh, yeah, the run up yeah, the yeah. scrimmage. I remember that Jumped play. and threw it back into the end zone for the two-point conversion to win the game like 46-44, something like that. And uh-huh. the three of us just, like, went nuts and started, like, jumped in a circle, you know, like we were, like, in a huddle, just jumping up and down. And yeah. I twisted my ankle. I, I rolled my ankle in that, and I had a bruised ankle and a swollen ankle for four days just celebrating the win. And so I can relate to Kalani Satake, man. I was jumping up and down in a fat man sandwich, and I rolled my ankle. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> how he did his, but we got that, that, we got that, uh, that kinship there, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I watched the video. There's like some slow-mo replay of him jumping up and down with Micah Simon on the sideline. And he just comes down hard on it. And it's one of those where I see it and I feel it because I'm old enough where I I injure myself in things that shouldn't injure myself now. Like jumping normally and landing normally. But I got to circle back. My my wife, my awesome wife, she has one of the best all-time. So the Super Bowl, uh, whatever year that was, it was when I was actually flying – in an airplane from Washington, D.C. back to Southern California, and I missed the entire Super Bowl. It was the Giants versus the Patriots. Now, at that time, I was not a Giants fan, but like most of the world, I did not like the Patriots. And the the play where Eli Manning does the impossible. Uh, he pinned
1: it to his helmet, the catch. Yeah,
0: yeah, the helmet catch. So at that moment, the helmet catch. My wife is sitting there with my oldest son, who at that time was like not even one-year-old, just a tiny baby. And he's on the couch, and she's sitting by him. She jumps in the air and lands on a glass, breaks the glass, and a shard of glass goes up her foot. So as we're coming into land and we're getting back within cell service, and I thought I had my cell phone off or in airplane mode, but I didn't. So about 20 minutes before we actually get to the airport, I see a text come through from her that says, hey, when you get home, don't worry about all the blood. So-and-so gave me a ride to the hospital. I'm fine. Huh. Everything's okay. And that's all I'm seeing. I'm just like, what? What did that's I That's quite miss? a
1: cliffhanger. Yeah. That's quite a cliffhanger, Sister Hadfield. How about exactly. a little more detail to calm my heart? Jeez.
0: So she still has just a little scar on her foot that's the, a Super Bowl scar.
1: That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Hey, man, sometimes you injure yourself celebrating. So back to the celebration in Knoxville okay walk me through so you're saying you're frustrated the whole yes. game it, it a long broken pat a long play where broken coverage takes it yes. down to the 15 or whatever so walk we, me through your your thoughts through that whole let's that whole let's
0: uh, let's dissect that even just a little bit more because I've seen quite a few people dismiss that as well Tennessee made a mistake and handed BYU the game now they did they didn't have the best coverage. But they ran four vertical routes. They focused on Bushman just like they did all game. I mean, Micah Simon had himself a monster game because quite a lot of the game, he was lined up on the same side as Bushman, and they were focusing on Bushman. So Micah Simon's monster game, I feel, is a direct result of the focus on Bushman, which is a direct result of the success Bushman had last week. So thought it was awesome. He found himself open. He still had to make a key move. He still had to get around a guy. I mean, we can't dismiss that BYU did everything right. Now you got to qualify that, too, because some of Zach Wilson's comments made me just a little bit worried. Because I watched that unfold and said, wow, they drew it up perfectly. The quarterback recognized where the gap was. He hit it right there on the money. Simon made the moves. Uh, Satake, even after the game, was pointing out something I didn't realize. Had he gotten away from the second guy and, and made even more progress down the field, they wouldn't have had enough time. So, you know, I mean, he just happened to be tackled at the right moment within range. Things just worked out for him. Uh, but I mean, let's not totally discredit that all as a fluke. That took some skill too, and for a team that had been making mistakes all game, they did not make mistakes when it came up, uh, came up a uh, big at whatever. I got my words confused. What I want to say though is this is what worried me. Zach Wilson said half the offense got the signal and half of them didn't, and they were running two different plays at the same time, really? and that made me that yeah that brought me back down to earth where I was like. You guys totally redeemed yourself. I love this team. The coaches know what they're doing. To like, holy cow, we we don't know what we're doing. It just worked out that time,
1: <laughs> dude. Sometimes luck is hugely important. I mean, you yeah. know, luck is luck is a big thing. So I guess Absolutely. it worked out
0: though. Yeah. In in general, all throughout the game. I mean, we've seen the picture. Those of us we we talked about this last season quite a bit. The ESPN win probability graph. Yeah. Yeah, you saw that from this game, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The entire thing was orange, and with 47 seconds left, it was like a 99.6, and then 20 seconds left, it's a 99.9% win probability. As much as you can get to not be 100, it was there. And so this was very, very unlikely, and I feel like that's that reflects exactly how I felt during the game. It wasn't a fun game until the end, and then yeah. it was awesome. Well, dude.
1: The, uh, as far as the win probability, I mean, you, you look at it logically. Forget the mathematics involved. You look at it, they're on their own, f- what was it, 14, 15? Yeah, yeah, and they had like their first own, and 18. Yeah, it, yeah, and, and there's, it was like third and six, I think. The clock was running. There was 18 seconds that they're on their own 16. There's no way anyone in their right mind at that point would have said BYU wins. So right. I would have put it like at 100% if I was doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like there's absolutely no freaking way – they win this. You drop uh-huh. you drop four guys back. You knock down anything, you keep it all in front of you, and the game's over. But you're right, man, it just worked out to where the Tennessee guy didn't play it right or something. Right. And it, it just he happened to fit it in right over his head and made the cut from the you know, to avoid the other safety. And I thought when he made that cut I was like, Oh my gosh, he's freaking gone. He's gonna cross the goal line yeah. with zero seconds left, and it's gonna be just this insane ending. And it was still really exciting.
0: Ending. Yeah. We gotta point out to Jake Oldroyd. Love this guy. Greg Rebell pointed out something that I don't think most of us had realized before. This guy has never missed a field goal to the left or to the right. Everything, So going back all of his freshman year before his mission, everything he missed either came up short uh, or was blocked. So if somebody got a hand on it, he's missed. Or if they're trying just outside of his range, he's missing. Nothing has gone to the right or to the left in his entire career, including last game. Yeah. Interesting, but well, I think it's I pretty what, it's, cool. No, it's no, nice, I'm sure it'll it's happen. It's nice
1: having a. It's nice having a, a reliable kicker, man. His, I, I, I took it for granted until this year, because we're on a row.
0: His his punting. As, as many mistakes as there were in that game, he was able to flip the field. He even, the punt coverage team let him down once when he had the perfect drop and it rolled slowly and the guys were there. The guys just didn't know where the ball was. And he was mad at him too. I love after that, they zoomed in on him. He's yelling at the rest of the team like, come on, you guys, I put it exactly where I'm supposed to. I mean, I, and I love that to see a punter and a kicker get fired up at his teammates. Holy cow. I love that. that that's who I want kicking and punting.
1: There you go. All right. So who uh, who's your player of the game? Then you, you mentioned a couple. It, it's got
0: to be him. It's got to be him for as many outstanding performances. Now, Micah Simon, I'm going to say is maybe a close second, but Oldroyd was perfect. You know, he did everything that was asked of him, and uh, it, it, so it, it's it has to be. If I can only give away one game ball, it, it's it goes to Jake Oldroyd.
1: Yeah, looking at looking at Simon, he had seven catches, 127 yards, right? Average of 18 yards of carry or 18 yards of catch. That's 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 awesome. That's huge.
0: It, it was cool to see him break out, and I'm wondering if he's going to emerge as the go-to receiver or if defenses are going to key on him and you're going to see see someone else show up. And that's actually what I predicted preseason looking ahead to Utah. I was saying we don't have one guy who's that 90s-rated guy. We've got so many different guys that are capable. He happened to shine this time. I don't know if that'll consistently be that way because they may ease off of covering Bushman. Uh, what I love going forward Moroni Pututau. He was back and dressed. I didn't hear his name. I don't know if he even got in the game. But man, to have two tight ends that are capable, have good hands, I, I like that going forward. I've been questioning this coaching staff like everybody else has that we haven't relied as heavily on the run game as I would like to. But thinking about that, thinking about that, thinking, okay, Simon is having himself a monster game, Bushman has gotten the attention of defenses, and then we've even got Moroni back. We've got threats where this may pay dividends that we've been relying heavily on the past game, and this is an offense built around the past game. This could end up being an awesome experiment.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, as you know, this podcast, we're not like Mr. Stats guys where you break down QBRs and run run yield percentage, blah, blah, blah. We, we're more about passion. We're more about... You know how. Are, so talk to me as you're going through this game. You said earlier you, you were frustrated. What were your thoughts on like future-wise? Were you, were you starting to think, okay, fire these guys, coaching staff? What I mean, what was your the the thoughts in your head, the passion you were feeling during the game?
0: Uh, I I really don't want to answer this question honestly.
1: <laughs> Too bad you have to.
0: <laughs> honestly, this is how frustrating it was. I was making myself a mental list. And I, I found myself thinking thoughts, that it, like, don't, don't anybody tell Homo, like, I'm not, we're not, we're not big enough to get Homo's attention or anything. I love the job that Tom Homo was doing, but I thought, you know, the rumor that was out there last year, or a few years back, was that Homo was hiring the head coach, contingent upon that head coach also hiring Ty Dentmer as an offensive coordinator. Reason being, the whole purpose of BYU football isn't just to win is to win in exciting ways, is to garner exposure for the university and subsequently for the church it represents. You know, that's the mission, and that's his vision. And I know people argue back and forth, is BYU good for the church, whatever. Uh, and I don't want to get into all that, but I'm saying that's their point, is they want to have exciting wins where they they just have a big, high-power offense, much like the days of Ty Detmer. And I thought, you know, Ken Neomatulolo, he knows how to win. And he knows how to win with whatever he's dealt, whatever hand he's dealt, whatever recruits he gets, he can win. And it's not exciting. It's triple option, but he can win. And I thought, you know, I almost wonder if we can dial that back just a little bit bring in somebody like Jay Hill, or maybe make another offer to Ken Neomatololo saying, we're not going to bring in tight Atmer, you're going to be able to run whatever you want, and see if something like that would work. I mean, that's where my thoughts were just kind of dwelling in the second quarter. Now, before anybody accuses me of calling for Kalani's head, it was a frustrating game to watch, and I wasn't tweeting stuff like that out. But that's what I found myself doing, is making a list of where do we go next. Dude,
1: this is exactly why I do not tweet during games. Exactly what you said there, because mm. you're so your adrenaline is so high and low, you're so emotionally invested that you say things you don't really mean. And right. I don't even look. I don't even look at Twitter during the game because there's people I love and respect. hashtag Dan Dgod23 <laughs> hashtag Ute Believer, a couple of my guys that like they say just. Stuff I get so mad, you know, like sh- shut up because, <laughs> and we all do it because we all feel that, you know, because we're so yeah. emotional. That's why it's it's one of my hard fast rules. I do not tweet during games. I do not read Twitter during games unless we're ki- unless as soon as the game's in hand, we start winning. That's when I jump on and start celebrating. But I won't do it during the game because I'm so emotional. So the things you're saying, I know exactly what you're you're feeling. I know exactly yeah. what you're feeling.
0: He he, t- Daniel is it Daniel D God twenty three or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I, tw- I, re- I typed out and deleted, and typed out and deleted a response to him a couple times this past week. He pointed out that football season is like sixteen percent over, and I was just like, dude, you are just like my aunt Barbara. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then uh, I, maybe he's serious, maybe he's not in the mood. So I, I just, I was like, I don't want to. You never dude, here's know, here's the funny
1: thing about him is, is he's a good friend in real life. I go to yeah, lunch yeah. with him a couple times a month I travel the road games with him I've traveled to the USC a couple times we travel together we you know we we've we hang out but on twitter I hate his guts in fact <laughs> Before I really knew who he was, I was this close to blocking him. I've told him this story. Yeah, I was yeah. this close to blocking him, but he commented on my picture because he knew the other guy in my picture. He was like, oh, you're friends with Joe, huh? And then that's how we slowly became friends like 10 years yeah. ago, right? But oh, I was funny. this close to blocking him because he's the worst Twitter follow on the earth. He's so <laughs> negative, and he drives me crazy. But in real life, he's like the, He's kind. He's con- he's outgoing. He's yeah. fun to be around, but I hate him on Twitter. So Man, I, I should <laughs> hang out with him up. sometime.
0: No, he's, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. If you know what you're getting then it doesn't bother you as much. Like some of these known trolls out there, it's like you, you got to understand that's who they are. Whereas some Joe Schmo with three followers is like, it's like, who is this guy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, where were we at before we took that tangent?
1: So we were talking about your thoughts during the game, how you want you were yeah. th- making a mental list of coaches. They
0: went They went to a dark place. To bring it back, I love that um, Steve Tate chimed in because he played for the man. He played for Kalani Satake, and he put out there – anybody who's calling for his head does not know what they're talking about and that reassured me and a lot I like I'm glad he said that because you and I both know he's a great guy we like him you know he's awesome mm-hmm. but me having a low football IQ I could not honestly tell you if he's a good coach or not now steve tate i'm not going to lump him in there with us as having a low football IQ He's, yeah, or, yeah. or maybe even more just me. You are maybe getting offended that I'm saying no, we have a no, look. My, no, no, we look.
1: do. We are, we are the low IQ brothers, man.
0: So Steve Tate is somebody I can look at and say, there's a guy with a high football IQ, and he's going to stand by him and say, look, this guy can do it. Don't give up on him. And so I think that's awesome. And you know what? Yeah. Lo and behold, when it, when it counted, we won. And I'm still optimistic. So preseason, I said the first four games, we go one and three, and I'm satisfied. That box is checked. Now I'm thinking, oh man, how awesome would two and two be? I don't know if we can do it, but man, that would be great. Seven five of the remaining two,
1: of the remaining two. Before the season, it was like pff, it'd be USC easily, not Washington. But right. now, after last weekend, it's like, yeah. well, maybe it's we can get Washington and not USC because USC, dude, I've been saying it all along. I've been saying it all along. We're talking about the Utes in the South. They freaking have talent. Yeah. USC has four and five star guys loaded up and down both. Sides of the ball too deep. Right. Everything it just takes a coach that can either gel them or maybe a quarterback that comes in and yeah. shows them who they are. And that's what I'm afraid happened to USC last week. Is they started this true freshman who wasn't like highly recruited um, uh-huh. out of Arizona, and he comes in and he freaking looks like a all Heisman candidate. Almost yeah. 400 years or 400 yards passing, no turnovers. He looked amazing. So that that game. Has me super worried, but we'll we'll talk about that yeah. in a minute because we don't play USA for two weeks. You play them next week, but right. so to wrap up the BYU game, what what are your final thoughts? And we'll talk about a couple BYU.
0: more thoughts on that. I thought, and this is the difference. This is why I can't criticize coaching. Everybody was jumping all over Jeff Grimes for throwing on third and one because, and it really it, as it unfolded, it looked stupid in the first half. Like, why would we do that? Because it didn't work out. Had it worked out, we'd say it was awesome. Case in point: opening double overtime. All we have to get is a field goal to put it into a triple overtime. If we score a touchdown, we win. Very first play out of the gates. I don't think people realize how risky that was. We run a reverse. We want to run a reverse end around where we start out seven yards backwards when we start at the 25-yard line. If that thing goes awry, we are out of field goal range, and we've handed them the game. I mean, if you imagine that scenario... Had that unfolded, we would be questioning all of these coaching decisions. But it did work out, and it worked out amazing. He gained a ton of yards. Automatically, we're within easy field goal range. So we're already looking at a tie with the win within our reach, and so we don't question the coach for something like that. So that was my thought as as we did that. I thought, holy cow, that was crazy. Tyson Williams, man, he is a beast. Watching him, my thoughts is is that final play where they won it. I thought, oh good, he passed the first down marker. We got four new shots to get in the end zone here. And I thought, wait, he's still up. We're gonna get even closer. Wait, he's in the end zone. Hey, we just won the game. You know, I mean, it was like it was like my brain was going just as slow as he and the pile were all moving. Where that one that win snuck up on me, and I was just like, wait, this is, it, it's all over. It's all over, man. What a moment. That was so cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know he is a beast, man. Five point four yards a carry. Um, Got to get the ball more, you know. Yeah, I've been, I I, I know sure. this from experience because last year and the year before, I kept saying that Zach Moss get the ball more, get the ball yeah. more. he's he, he he's kind of cut out of that ilk, man. He's big, he's beefy, he's he's fast. You know, um, he, he needs the ball more. Yeah. All right, so to my uh, to my Utes, you know, it's we're gonna spend a lot of time on it because it wasn't a lot, it wasn't very dramatic. It was a game we should have dominated, and we went mm-hmm. in, and they actually. First quarter and a half, they kind of hung with us. Yeah, a couple broken plays. They had a long, like 80, 80 yard touchdown pass that our backup safety was in. Blackman had gone out for a few plays with a tweaked knee, and right? So he the, the coverage was misplayed and he scored long. But the thing is that is impressive is this is the same basically the same NIU team we played last year where it was a freaking grinded out. Nails on the chalkboard ten to six with with a minute left in yeah. Chase hands and picked it. And the difference is our offense moved the ball up and down the field on him. No problem. And last year, their right. defense was rated in the top forty. And so it's a it's a decent defense. It's not like yeah. just a a typical you know lower level defense. It's a pretty good defense, and we moved the ball up and down on him. And the thing I was super impressed with my player of the game would be quarterback Tyler Huntley. Um, yes he didn't throw for thousands of yards, but he was super, super efficient. And it seemed like every decision he made was the right decision for that play. I mean, he was 14-19 for 215 yards and uh, no turnovers, which is a huge thing to Kyle Whittingham. Um, mm-hmm. But he t- he tucked it and ran when he had to. He didn't force any runs. He was always looking downfield. There were a couple times where the rush come in and he stepped side out of the pocket and kept his eyes downfield and hit a receiver 15, 20 yards downfield. And he just looked good. Um, and I felt I felt like he played well. And as you know, the Low Football IQ po- podcast, we don't really do a lot of stats here, but I did see some stats afterwards that uh, that that um, confirmed my presumption that he played well. He had like yeah. a 98 quarterback rating, which happened to be the best in the country for for this last past weekend. And people are like, oh yeah, but NIU? No, dude, they adjust his rating for for competition, and right. he was he was near perfect. And so I was super impressed with Tyler Huntley. Awesome game. And the Utes, you know, they they, uh, they ran away with it 35-17. And when you win by 18 points, that's just flat-out domination, as you know. When you win by 18 <laughs> points, you just murdered the opponent. And, it's, you know, you, we all that's all common knowledge. So the fact that we won by 18, you know, just shows that we, we had that game in control. And they moved up to number 11 in the rankings. And things, are, things have started off well, man. So I was pretty pretty pleased with the outcome. The only thing that did suck. Is the kickoff was 11 a.m. and listen, I know it's the 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 en vogue thing, dude, to complain about kickoff times. Oh, it's yeah. too late. It's 8:30. Oh, it's and you know, I would 11 o'clock doesn't seem like it's a huge deal. But when you think about all the kids' games that people mm. have in Utah, especially a family oriented state, there's a lot of kid. There's a lot of things that distract from games. And so it was 11 a.m. We didn't have. I mean, they technically had a sellout. But there yeah. were tons and tons of empty seats, I, and it was freaking. It was hot AF, bro. Like it yeah. was. It was like eighty. I don't know. I think it was only like eighty or eighty two. But it felt like it was freaking hundred degrees. You know, when you're in the stadium and you have the the cement that projects the heat back up and the heat yeah. coming down. And dude, I got burned. And it was just. It was an uncomfortable game. And I mean, I went out in the at halftime and just stood in the portal in the shade for fifteen minutes because it was so hot and sweaty. There's
0: there's even more to it than that, and and this is this is your scientific minute here in the podcast in Alaska 80 feels miserable and I couldn't figure out why for the longest time I thought I remember growing up 80 was nice but 80 up here is miserable and the humidity it's just a little bit more it's not a lot more where I live in the inside but the reason is I never have the sun straight overhead so when it's 80 here I'm also taking a lot of solar rays straight on, like, hitting my broad side of my body because it's never that my body is, like, only getting sun on the top of my head. So this time of year, you know, when we're approaching uh, the equinox, the sunlight is hitting you when you're sitting in the stands, not from straight overhead. It's getting a little bit more of an angle, so the temperature can be deceptive. Those solar rays hitting you sideways, that that makes it uh, a hotter 80. That's something... Dude, Most people that don't That makes a lot of in. sense. Yeah. yeah.
1: Dude, it makes a lot of sense because I remember thinking the sun was over to the right. And yeah. it's like, dude, it's coming right at my face. So the right. right side of my body is just crisp and burnt. And dude, yeah. that makes a lot of sense because it, it felt, I remember thinking, man, I said to my brother, I was like, dude, it feels like the middle of July right now. Right. Like it was right. so hot. It was the point I was getting, I was buying water bottles, i take a drink and they just dump it down the back of my shirt because I was yeah. so hot.
0: It was, the, it was the, miserable. The, the muse, the mighty Utah student section, was promoting that a couple years ago. Just poured water on yourself when splash you splash mountain, boom, so. boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah that's right. Splash <laughs> mountain. Yeah. Does it tarnish, in your opinion, the whatever consecutive sellouts? The fact that those students—now you're saying they were watching their little brother's soccer games and whatever—and that student section never di- did quite fill in.
1: It never did. And yeah. well, part of the problem is it's kind of deceiving too. Is everyone has assigned seats, but everybody. Pushes down, right, and you know right. each each row is supposed to seat forty, and there's fifty people on each row, and so it always looks a little sparse at the top because yeah, everyone yeah, just that's true. pushes down. But I mean, you, dude, this that's happened multiple times. Let's be honest. Yes, it's a yeah. fifty-eight game sellout for the most part. I'd say eighty-five percent of the games it's legit packed every game. Fifteen yeah. percent of them were, are like this though, and this um, was this was abnormally sparse just because I think people had a little hangover the rivalry week and then all of a sudden it's always oh, northern right. Illinois it's 11 a.m. it's hot it's early whatever you know
0: I'm going to just- clarify too as the rival fan I'm not taking a shot saying it doesn't count I'm saying whatever criteria is out there if it counts it counts you know I'm I'm gonna give Utah the credit and say I'm sure they're using whatever criteria everyone else uses so yeah yeah keep the streak going but but it does look a little bit weak
1: it did it looked it it's and that's the funny thing is, I, I don't know why, but I, I let that kind of stuff kind of bug me. Like, come on, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Get in here, you know? <laughs> you it, don't it actually, realize dude, what it, you it, have. It, it, dude, and that's the thing is, Witt even commented on it. Really? He wasn't even prompted by it in his post game. He brought it up. He's like, it's a little disappointing to see you know not a packed house for the 11th ranked team in the country and he has a point yeah. cuz you're right this could all go away so fast and we could be colorado or we could yeah. be oregon state you know and so you're right it's it, i i always hated when coaches would call out the fans cuz it's our dollar and our time you know but it i mean he had a point dude you don't you don't want to run out and see a half full place and
0: right um I I imagine Imagine you spend eight hours of your Saturday preparing the most epic sermon for a Sunday meeting. You show up and, and you're ready to go. You're like, "This message is perfect. It's gonna be awesome." And, and the pews are all like half empty. You know, I mean, yeah. And that's like, yeah, wait, like he spent like how many years? Twenty years getting to this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I get it. I get it. And uh,
1: it's, but you know, I can't fault people. I don't want to be the guy that. Chat you, you real fan points. You know you have to be here twenty minutes before kickoff <laughs> in your seat. Blah blah, blah. but uh, I don't understand why. So, uh, dude, you wait. I know me personally. I wait all year for college football. Right, January, February, March. I talk about it every day, and I only mm. get six of these home games a year. Like yeah. I'm, I'm cherishing every freaking second. Like I will, you know. And I, 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 I mean, I understand people can do what they want, but I, to me, it's like, man, just get there for three hours and have have fun, and then deal with your other crap later. But our right.
0: our friend of the program, Kabla, K, okay, <laughs> what does he go by these days?
1: I don't know, but dude, he and I are watching. He and I are going to be in a Disney World at the same time together in a oh, few nice. weeks, and we're we're going to hook up and watch the Ute game together there. But Caleb so Cabla, whatever you want to call in, him,
0: in jest he suggested opening up the Moose Mus to the uh, Westminster students, and and I just kind of laughed and was like, "Yeah, that's a good one." You know, it was a good it's a good jab. But then, hey, if the mus looks like that, I mean, how much do you hate that idea?
1: Uh, well, since I spent a week making fun of BYUVU, I hate it a lot. <laughs> I hate it a lot. But I mean, the fact is, screw that. just If you're not going to show up, give it to another student who will right. show
0: up. you know Here's the thing from, from a parent's point of view. I'm looking at my kids and, and we live very far away from the promised land of Utah and I would love for them to be. In an environment that they can find in Rexburg or in Logan or in Salt Lake City or in Provo and or in Saint George, I mean, there's a lot of places where I think, yeah, I would love for them to end up somewhere like that. They can find their career, they can have the the social life that they maybe don't get as much when you grow up in North Pole, Alaska. They can make good friends to last lifetime, mean, all those great things that go along with uh, with being in that area. And so I think you know, if my kids they grow up with me watching BYU football. For years and years and years and years, and then they end up getting a scholarship to UVU. I'm gonna say, go take that scholarship. You run with that. You do. Awesome. I'm not opposed to them saying I've been BYU fan my whole life. I want to show up and watch the games. I mean, I know it looks weak. It doesn't look as good, but UVU students that grow up cheering for BYU, let's let them in the let them in the student section. I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it's great.
1: I, I agree, but you know. Twitter's about making fun of people. And logic's <laughs> never been logic's never really been an, an aspect of it. So. Yes, let's not take all the facts. Let's not use facts in these conversations. You know,
0: let's also not use facts. I've been messing with the pronunciation. Mighty Utah student section, like you. If we're being consistent, it's the muse. It's it's the no, muse. It's,
1: it's the must, bro. It's from our fight. It's from our fight song. No other gang of college men dare meet us
0: in the mm-hmm. must. and right. then they rhyme it with right. fuss. But then it's like the mighty Utah, Utah student section. Like, you know, we're changing things here.
1: No, you're not. It's the first letter of each thing. You're, 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 your linguistics are too. Uh, you're I have too an serious incredibly
0: language. high linguistic IQ. Don't challenge me.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, so let's go move back on to next week. Utah yes. has an even easier game. And I said, I said personally, I-, I wouldn't be opposed if they didn't even dress Moss yeah. or Fotu. Or Blackman, or even a Nye, because uh-huh. it's freaking Idaho State, and right. honestly, honestly, we could start all of our second stringers and win by four touchdowns, right? Yeah. But then yeah. you got to balance the whole side of it. Like, what about people that want personal? You know, some of these guys are going for personal accolades, and oh, you know, that's yeah, important yeah, yeah. to them. So it's like, uh-huh. I mean, Moss is, you know, he's he's going for personal records and things like that. So what do you do? So I, I I personally think at most play them the first half at most, yeah, and, and don't even bother second half. But I would prefer honestly if. The majority of the the, the superstars like Jalen Johnson, Zach Moss, and I, if they didn't even play, but they'll You're probably just... play. They'll probably will win forty five to three or forty five to six, and should be no problem. Uh, so that's enough of that of that game because it's our, our weakest one of the year. But the Cougs, yes, have the well, no, mighty let's, USC let's go back Trojans to that, going I got to town.
0: I gotta do one of my non sequiturs that we're known for here in the uh, low football IQ but high everything else IQ podcast. Yeah, 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 for sure. So we had a we had a soldier up here and this is a real tragedy. They we had a soldier I'm I'm in between two military bases. Actually, th- there's a lot of military ground area around here. Soldier died in a live fire exercise about a year ago or 2 years ago, and I just thought to myself, man, how stupid is it that we're like killing our own people in live fire training exercises and stuff like that's bound to happen. But then you think, okay, well, what's the, what's the flip side of that? If we say we're no live ammo while we're training, how much worse off will we be in real live war if they don't know how to conduct themselves with actual ammo? And so it's a trade-off. And you think about that as a coach. Like, okay, how physically are you going to be in practice? And, and that's a tough call to make because the more you move that slider to the right and say very physical, yeah, your dudes will be ready, but not all of them because some will be injured. Yeah. And if you move that slider all the way to the left saying not at all, you're going to look like pansies out there that aren't used to being tackled and don't know how to wrap up and everything like that. And so I kind of look at the Idaho State game like that as like, you know, you got to let your horses run for a while, but, but, yeah, bring them back in early, I think.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, that is an excellent analogy, and I appreciate that, and you have made my day. Thank so, you. yeah, let them go, go a quarter and a half, maybe two quarters, put the game out of reach. Let's get these twos and threes, some some snaps, because it could be the last time this year they get them, because it, it picks up after that. But yeah. uh, we'll, we'll talk about that once that rolls around. You right. have a game this week that is of interest to both of us.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to take, uh, well, let's your interest here, your rooting interest. Does a extra non-conference loss in any way help Utah compared to USC in their resume?
1: No, so uh, so you have no reason saying, to cheer for BYU. No, in fact, we need as you know, the Pac-12 in recent years has kind of taken on um, an image of being the lesser of the of the P5 conferences, right? Um, and whether it's worth that's warranted or not, you can you can discuss reasons why or not. I can say that yes, teams one through twelve, or at least one through eleven, are all really good. Uh, but we don't have that superstar team, whereas ACC has freaking Clemson, but then right. teams 2 through 12 suck, you know? So yeah. I, I feel it's more like that, but the the fact of the matter is the image has taken a hit, and we need all – I mean, when we joke about backing the pack, but we need all Pac-12 teams to do as well as they can in all non-conference games, especially if looming down the road for Utah, we play USC the following week, it would it would be so much better if it was a 3 and 0 Utah ranked number 10 versus a 3 and 0 USC ranked number 19 or 20 at that point right yeah uh, whereas yeah, if, yeah. if they lose to BYU they fall out of the rankings it's not as big a game so gotcha. no, we definitely need we need USC to beat to beat BYU
0: man that's too bad cuz i love when utah fans find themselves conflicted but that's all right that will well, that'll happen another day i'm sure so uh, yeah. looking at USC looking ahead to that i i don't like it for a lot of reasons i'm going to take off my blue goggles and say BYU drops this one big time. And the reason is this team's identity. Last year they had a very emotional win over Wisconsin. Everything was awesome. And they came out and laid an egg. I think, I can't remember exactly if it was next week or the next tough game that was Washington. And they just, it, Look at it the wasn't schedule. It, was
1: the, it was the two weeks after you had, I think it was McNeese State.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so we the did all right with McNeese yeah. State. and then And then Washington just blew us out of the water. And, and they talked about, well, we didn't have a good week of practice, this and this and this. I mean, we all believed after Wisconsin, and then the team just managed to change their identity. And so I, I worry a little bit that because we got a win against a storied program in a legendary location, I mean, all these things that go along with it, this might not be the best week of practice. We may come out flat, and USC is not the team to come out flat against at all. And you're talked about the talent. Tennessee, this is the thing, too. Someone came at me with uh, the worst program Tennessee has had in 30 years, handed BYU the game. You know, and you can take that opinion on that if you want, because they've never started 0 2. The reason they've never started 0 and 2 in 30 years is they've never played BYU in week one or two in 30 years. You know, don't come at me with this is the worst team and that's why BYU won. So they started 15 guys that were four-star or higher. They started 15 guys that were four-star or higher. These guys had talent. There's a talent gap there. Uh, I can't tell you exactly off the top of my head if that talent gra- gap is greater than the Utah talent gap, but I'm pretty sure it is. They just, They're Tennessee. They recruit really well. They had studs. They had athletes. This was a good win. USC even more so, and I don't think they'll be as poorly coached. I think they'll come prepared to play. I think we will not be close in this one. So my non-Blue Goggle point of view is going to say, yeah, it's going to be two touchdowns or more, uh, probably more. See, that's
1: the thing with USC is is you mentioned these two both having talent, which they both do. You're right, though. The difference is Tennessee was already reeling because they had a loss against a crappy team to open the season. Right. USC has two wins, and one of them – They just dispatched of a ranked Stanford team who usually is really good defensively, right, under David Shaw. And they made their defense look silly. I think it was seven of the last eight drives they scored a touchdown on. Yeah. it It was insane. And watching that game, they just have athletes and they uh-huh. always have because they sit right in the middle of the most fertile recruiting ground in the country. They right. have the history, they have the name, they have the cachet, they have it all. The one thing they don't have though is an awesome head coach. And yeah. when they get that, when it's probably Urban Meyer next year yeah, or you think whoever so? their next dude, it would I, I, I'm I'm not I, I want to say this. I was ahead of all the Urban Meyer prognostications. I told my friend Nick and Danny the day after Urban Meyer Quit or resigned from Ohio State. I was like, "You mark my words; you'll be coaching at USC in two years." You mark my freaking words, because oh, that's what that he does. He is an opportunist, dude. He goes places where he knows he can succeed, and he can look at the USC roster and say, "Okay, they've had a crappy coach for like seven years straight, but they're freaking loaded with talent." And you put that talent with that guy, dude. National champs within three years, I guarantee it. That he is and that good of a coach. Yeah, and, have and that much talent down there.
0: That's the thing. Utah fans all say you hate to see it. That's like the, the phrase de jour now. You hate to see mm-hmm. it. I really would hate yeah. to see that. And and here's the thing. I wouldn't hate to see Kyle Whittingham go to USC and find tremendous success there because I, I don't hate Kyle Whittingham. I have no reason to specifically hate USC. I think they'd be a great fit, and that's something I'd be like, yeah, good for them. Go make a run at Ohio State, who I don't like. Go make a run at you know all these other prominent national programs against Alabama. you know Let's do that. Obviously, Utah fans don't want to see that, but me as a non-Utah fan, I see that as a great fit where I'd get just a little bit behind that. I just i i would not want Urban to I, he's done enough. Just go dude, away, man. It's gonna man. happen,
1: bro. It's gonna happen. He he craves the 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 national spotlight, and he yeah, dude. That is that is a spot that is loaded with talent. And history Mm -hmm. and craving for that national spotlight again, and you put him and that those two together, dude. They're just they're low. I'm I'm not kidding you. It's like it's the worst case scenario for all the Pac-12. Yeah, it's like okay, the king is returned to his throne immediately, Um, Mm -hmm. and that's why that's what makes this year so important for Utah. It's like, dude, who knows what's gonna happen down the road? Um, So it's setting up nicely for us. But I, I guarantee. Well, I can't guarantee it because I don't know what's really going to happen. But I, I just, you just know it's going to happen. Like Antonio Brown to the Patriots, yeah. you just know Urban Meyer <laughs> to the USC Trojans, and it's going to happen. And they're going to be, they're going to be awesome again. But yeah, but as far as this week, BYU, they have the talent. They're riding high. They, they, they've got a lot of confidence now because they just destroyed Stanford. Um, mm. And dude, they're big. They're fast. They're physical. They got, they got talent. Dude, they got ta- those receivers. It's like. I watch them and I freaking salivate. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. these guys are tall, long, fast, make tough catches. They're everything you want in a receiver. And so, yeah, yeah I think uh, I think as long as as long as they stay kind of fo- as long as they stay focused, they're going to be a good team this year, a great team this year. Yeah. And in my opinion, the Pac-12 South will come down to that Utah USC game in two weeks. Because yep. if we lose to USC, we would need them at that point to lose two more times right. the rest of the year. Assuming we don't lose again, you know, and and uh, it just w- it won't happen. So that it's a, I, yeah, I I don't see
0: game. USC losing to. I mean, it, it, this sounds better if you say it than I say it. It's a weak South. I mean, Utah's not weak. USC's not weak. Who else is there?
1: Well, Colorado actually looked pretty good the first two weeks. They beat. Nebraska who is a ranked Big 10 team. So yeah. they've got a Colorado's got a senior quarterback. Colorado's been kind of the laughing stock of the Pac-12, but they put together a year every now and then where they're decent. And right. so so far they look good, but Arizona sucks. They look terrible. They lost to Hawaii. Uh UCLA looks like a freaking joke. Right. That Chip Kelly experiment is not working. They have that's another one. They have tons of talent, but they just can never put it together, you know? Yeah. Um and then uh who's the other one? Um, Arizona State, they're they're to be determined. They're starting a true freshman. Um they're two and zero, but they, they didn't look that great last week. So yeah, really honestly, in the South, it's Utah or USC. Do you at this point? Do you
0: know off the top of your head who USC misses in the north?
1: Uh, let me see. Off the top of my head, I think they play actually I can just look it up for you right here. Don't you go anywhere? No,
0: while you're looking that up, I gotta talk about Zach Doff tucking that shoe. <laughs> Wait, man, that, that almost sounded like I swore. I was going to say flinging, and then I said <laughs> hucking.
1: It did. It sounded, I was like, wow, <laughs> we are an X-rated now.
0: Flinging slash hucking that shoe. He fling flung, hucked that shoe. That was so cool. So initially, my, my very first response was like, get this guy out of here, because we were playing like garbage I thought this is not sportsmanlike. It's embarrassing. Everybody saw him, dude. I was really mad initially. Kalani Satage took him off the field right away and which I thought kind of redeemed the team. The fact that the head coach said, all right, we're gonna take our stud defensive lineman and we're gonna at least sit him out the next play for that boneheaded move. But then the more I thought about it and the more I watched it and the more I thought, you know, he was in the moment. If you find somebody's like hand towel on the field, you throw it off the field, you know, you don't want someone to step on it or whatever. And and it happened so fast. I don't think he thought about it, but the way he chucked it, and it went to the the Tennessee sideline. So I thought, it right, Had it gone anywhere else, I don't, that that's an unsportsmanlike. The flag is going to fly. The fact that he threw it to the sideline, the ref stopped the game. He was able to go put his shoe on. I thought, okay, this isn't as bad as it initially looked. But man, that was that was especially looking at it through the lens of a win. That was so cool.
1: Dude, you're right. Because if you had lost, you'd be like, "Look how undisciplined we are. We're going right. 2 We're throwing shoes." That's another one of those things. That's it's it's the color of the jersey you're wearing. Right? Had Utah player done that. Oh, Max Hall was oh, right. Sure. They're so classless. Look yeah, at the yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there are you. you are you fans that said that too. It's all about the color of the jersey you're wearing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Back to USC. All they right. miss Oregon State, which is nothing because that's a guaranteed win. So it's it's a bad thing they miss them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they also miss Wazoo, which okay. Leach has got them got them looking pretty good. They look. Yeah. They're. they're Two and zero, they're ranked in the top twenty-five, um, yeah. and so that that could be that could be good for them to miss them. So they miss miss a, uh, an easy one and miss a hard one. So that'll um, be interesting
0: to see as it develops because that means they hit Cal, who normally you'd say easy win, but look what Cal just did. So that might be yes. a challenge for them. And then of course Oregon and Washington are always the kind of contenders up there. So yes, yeah,
1: and and to same same with Utah is we, you know, we thought okay we miss Oregon and Stanford, this is good for us, but it turns out maybe missing Stanford and getting Cal in their place is actually a bad thing you know right, because right. Cal went into Washington and and their their head coach Justin Wilcox at Cal defensive guy always has their defense ready. So that'll be, a, that'll be, that's a Utah. Thank goodness. That'll be a slug fest. But yeah, dude, in my opinion, it comes down to Utah and USC and it comes down to this first game. Unless USC has another one of their deals where they melt, they melt down. And, and, but I, I don't think so at this point, man, I think they yeah. got the talent. They've got a quarterback. Yes. It's only been one game, but he looked good. And, uh, so yeah, so you got it, you got it, you got a tough road to hoe this week. You got USC. So let's do predictions. What I'll predict Utah game. I think I said earlier forty-five to six, uh, and Zach Moss will run for over hundred yards in the first half. And then my player of the game is going to be an um, kind of off the off the radar backup running back Jordan Wilmore. I think he gets a ton of touches this week, and I think he uh, he, he makes a lot of big plays. So he'll be my player of the game. So that's my prediction for the Utah Idaho State game. You and USC, what, what nail it down.
0: I'm going to say BYU thirty-eight USC thirty-seven, and that is my blue goggled prediction. And I'm going to say Zach Wilson is not only the player of the game, he is the player of the game, player of the week on a national level because he's perfect. He's 100. percent He has four touchdowns, no interceptions, no incompletions. Because that is the only way that we will win. And I'm I'm going back to my preview of Utah saying. Man, a perfect pass, perfect receiver, beats a perfect defense. If BYU plays to their utmost, and utmost I'm saying in all caps, utmost. If BYU plays to their utmost potential, they can win by one point. That's how I feel. Okay,
1: my my prediction time, if that happens, you know what happens next. If Zach yeah. Wilson wins a national player of the week, you think like the hype was ridiculous before. <laughs> It'll be like People be throwing up Wilson for Heisman billboards and yes. websites, and people will be putting Mother Mother Lisa on their shirts, wearing them <laughs> around town, and it because you saw it happen like when when Mangum hit that against Nebraska that for Hail Mary, sure. and then yeah. the one against Boise, he was also sudden Mangum for Heisman, and all this people will go nuts if that happens. But hey, if that happens, dude, that's time to rejoice because this, this would
0: be a huge, huge win. That is the double-edged sword of being a fan because I look at the. Uh, the BYU win over number one ranked Miami I mean that that was like that BYU put together a solid game that was not a fluky number one ranking Miami went on to finish I think in the top five I want to say I mean that was a good team that BYU beat and so yeah it's possible It is possible it's probably not going to happen but things like that they make it so you can't ever say that's impossible that won't happen
1: well, look at look at last year alone. We, we, you, said, you said almost the exact same thing going to Wisconsin. They beat us handily. They'll yeah. beat us handily. They'll beat us, I think you predicted like 45 to 6 or something. Seriously, yeah, yeah, if yeah. I recall correctly. And BYU went in one. So that's the thing about sports and why we love it, brother.
0: It's because
1: crazy it's- <laughs> stuff happens, and it's what we live for.
0: When people come at my fan base and say there is no more delusional fan base in all of the country... I only got to point to things like that. It's, it's the opposite of delusional, if it's possible. It's lusional. This A win against USC is very lusional.
1: <laughs> You're making up some new vocab, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah,
0: very vocabulous. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, anything else All we right. need to cover? I'm looking at my hand-scribbled notes here. I think we've covered everything on my end.
1: No, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, any any? Yeah. Um, do you have any new sponsors this week?
0: Uh, no, not this week. But, you know, we should give people good advice. Um I don't know anything any advice you want to know <laughs>
1: Just you know Full cherish every cherish every moment man That's the truth And in all seriousness like dude there's there's a lot of like just just Deaths and stuff that I've been aware of lately. It's like, holy crap, dude. You and I sit here and we talk about football and it's like our passion, but we could wake up tomorrow and bam, it's gone. Yeah. No more football for us because something could happen to us. Can you I mean just it ceases, dude. No more yeah. family time, no more football, no more whatever. So cherish every moment because every moment matters.
0: You know, I put out a picture of that this week that my my little guy who's the most adorable kid in the world, he's one year old. And he's, he's really, I mean, he is a chatterbox. His vocabulary is crazy for his age. And so he's just adorable because of that, too. He learned how to open doors. And what does he do? First day, day one, he sits in the kayak. And we're like, oh, that's so cute. Day two, lays underneath the car right behind the tire where, like, we were running around the neighborhood like, where'd this kid go? And we find him under the car. That just made me so sick to my stomach. Yeah, that's not not
1: quite as cute.
0: No, no, it was terrible. And and that's the thing, yeah. And so I put out there the thought, too, this week. This is worth iterating here. I love football because we can get way, way, way too emotionally invested in it, and it doesn't matter. Because there are other things in life that you do get way, way, way too emotionally invested in. And like football, the outcome is not sure. You know, we don't know if our business aspirations are going to work out. Some people out there don't know if their marriage is going to work out. They don't know if their kid's ever going to come home. I mean, there's all kinds of just heartbreaking stuff to deal with that you feel the same passion that you feel towards football, but it actually matters. It matters, and it's life-changing, absolutely. I I love the football. It gives us this outlet to just have this passion. And you know what? We get trounced by USC, like a million points to one, and everything's fine. You know, doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Do I think about that story as, as you mentioned your son going in the garage about that? Uh, the church did a. Uh, Elder Holland talked about it in a conference talk, and you know what? He's a B, he's a BYU fan. I believe that that dentist in Las Vegas who, mm. bless his heart, you know had an accident with his son, and like his life was just changed forever. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and so, um, dude, cherish what matters because all that matters is family. That's all that freaking matters. Football. Yeah whatever none of that matters what matters is your family so cherish it we don't want to end on a depressing note let's go back to happy football time so okay here's here's a happy enjoy note enjoy the weekend
0: This morning, I took that same son in the kayak that he loves, and he fell asleep in my lap in the kayak, and I just looked at him and thought, what a life. I'm like paddling this dude around a lake, this perfect reflections. We're looking at a bald eagle in a tree like 20 feet away from us, and then on the way home, we see this fox frolicking, and we just watched this fox for like 20 minutes, and I thought, man, that what a a time to be alive. What a place to live.
1: It is, brother. That's uh. That is. That's the time when you bow your head and thank the good Lord for your blessings, man. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we will see you all next week on the Low Football IQ podcast, <laughs> North and Goal. And uh, who knows, man? We could be Next week, we could be, you could be celebrating a huge win over USC, or you could be one and two with a blowout loss and starting to be depressed again. If, if that's you're what listening, makes this fun. It's fun out. If,
0: if you're listening in the future, and you're just going episode to episode to episode, and the next one's about to start, just... Kind of turn your volume down a little because I'll probably just be yelling one way or the other in about 10 seconds here. (laughs) All right. Goku. That's
1: right. All right. Go, Utes.